Warning. The following podcast contains, uh, an anime. Anime. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud. So for those who join in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series' strength. And last week's anime was a return to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, Malcolm, how was it? It was better than the first time we went through JoJo. I thought it had a lot more like funny moments to it that I'd never really expected. I didn't realize it was so episodic. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, as of this recording, um, eventually you'll, you'll overcome it. But as of right now, you've watched more JoJo episodes than you have uh, Dragon Ball Z episodes, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I've never watched any Dragon Ball uh, Z content. And yeah, we have returning guest Domenico. You have literally skinned the game. You have a tattoo <laughs> on your leg. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I can show it up to the camera. The listeners won't be able to see it, but I have a giant Shenron from shin or ankle to knee, basically. Holy crap! Holy shit! I can see it. This is an audio experience, but I can see it. Yeah, I'm oh very committed God. to Dragon Ball. Yeah, oh, it's my man. only tattoo as well. Yeah, so so if you couldn't already guess, we're covering the quintessential anime, Dragon Ball Z. And yeah, we're, we're going to do things a little differently, listener. Instead of just doing a few episodes and leaving it at that, this will be the first part of a four-part, a four-week miniseries where Malcolm and I and Domenico will cover the first saga of Dragon Ball Z, the Saiyan Saga. So we're going to tackle episodes one to three this week. Then the next three weeks will be in batches of five, ultimately covering the entire 18 episodes of the saga. Um, so yeah, Malcolm, uh, let's ask you, like, what's your experience with Dragon Ball? I mean, you, you're only, you were born in 92, so, so theoretically you should have some awareness of Dragon Ball Z. Like, I know of Dragon Ball, like, I, like, I, like, I recognize Goku. I didn't really know what Go like, that was the name of the character, like, the lead character. I, like, I, like, had heard of it, but I wasn't sure which show it was in but i like i mean i've seen them like i've seen ads on television growing up but yeah for whatever reason i just like missed it and then like i you know i remember seeing the trailer for that live action dragon ball z movie <laughs> i never saw it i didn't i didn't do that so i didn't do that to myself but like and then being like everyone trashing it and then that just gave me like even less of a reason to like watch any anything dragon ball related and then yeah as it like time went on it just i just missed it completely it was like oh uh, I'm just a parallel with whatever world this is. So, yeah, yeah, I just no clue, more really. Because the thing is, like, and I was talking to Minico about this podcast, like, the, a lot of people don't consider Dragon Ball Z to be anime. I, I was talking to some people on a school uh, a Discord call a couple days ago, and they're like, Dragon Ball's not anime. Because um, I think Dragon Ball, like, that's why I was so shocked you barely, you, you didn't know who Goku and Vegeta were when we talked about it on the My Hero Academia episode. <laughs> I had no idea who Vegeta is. Like, I, like, have absolutely no... I still don't really know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God, man. Oh, God. This is... I just don't get that, man. It's what... If you were, like, a Zoomer, I'm like, okay, maybe you passed it. But, like, Dragon Ball Z, like, again, you were born in 1992. You're only a year younger than me. Like, that was peak Dragon Ball, where it was, like, one of the number one uh, 
kids cartoons i feel you know here's the thing i realized that when everyone else was watching like those cartoons i was busy watching like king of the queens and everybody loves raymond (laughs) like that was like because my like my my uh my mom really didn't like that sort of stuff in the house so she was like well you can watch like you know, a Chuck Lorre sitcom, which, like, in hindsight, you're going, why are you allowing children to watch Two and a Half Men? <laughs> like, that no. was, that's, like, odd. and so, like, I just missed it. I mean, uh, I just missed it completely. Yeah, and, and Domenico, what's your experience with Dragon Ball? Like I said, uh, you got skin in the game, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so amazed that, like, Malcolm, like, can just, like, slide through the cracks like that almost, because I have so many friends that aren't into anime, or they're not even Dragon Ball fans particularly, but everybody's seen it, I feel like. It's almost like parallel to like superman and spider-man at that point for me at least like i was i remember like going home after school to watch ytv and that was like the first thing i'd do is throw in dragon ball right after school exactly and um we'll get into that but uh first i want to talk about uh the background of of the creator of dragon ball akira toriyama because because i don't think it can be overstated i think this guy is easily like one of the top three manga creators of all time maybe not in terms of like talent but in terms of importance uh, because this series is like again so important for like Western anime or you know anime's existence in the West. Toriyama, born in 1955 in Nagoya, Japan. Uh, Toriyama he had an interest in art at a young age. He spent a lot of time as a child drawing his friends uh, because he said there wasn't many forms of entertainment. That, that's kind of just all he could do in, in I guess 1960s Japan. And then after high school he skips university, goes straight to working in an ad agency where he designed posters. And he got a star in the manga industry where he, when he submitted his work to an amateur manga contest for the Shonen Jump magazine in 1978. And though he didn't win, an editor who would later become his own editor contacted him and gave him encouragement. And he got a few short works published in Shonen Jump, but it wouldn't be until 1980 that his big break came. And uh, Malcolm or Domenico, can you guess what that big break was called? Dragon Ball Z. No, absolutely not. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> I just assumed he was like a one-hit wonder. Half of these guys we've covered are all one-hit wonders. No, um, he had a very successful comic, uh, manga comic called Dr. Slump, and it ran from 1980 to 1984, and it was a huge hit, and it's an adventure comedy set in a place called Penguin Village, where a perverted professor and his small but super strong robot live, and... Uh, it's a very funny series. It, it's it's got wacky characters like a Superman parody called Superman, who who pretends to fly by lying down on a skateboard, and uh, scooting through the streets. Uh, there's also like a lot of pop culture references. Uh, Toriyama is a huge Star Wars fan, so there's like people wearing like stormtroopers masks uh, throughout the the town. So it's called Doctor Slump. Doctor Slump. Like oh, slump. Posture. Okay, I was like, this is... Uh, Dr. Slump would have just added a whole other layer to this town. <laughs> um, and um, Is there an anime to this? There is. There's, there's 18 volumes of the manga, a TV series that ran for 243 episodes, 11 movies, plus a remake series that ran for 74 episodes, not to mention the fact that it won numerous awards. I'd, I have absolute, had absolutely no idea that that existed. I feel like I've heard of it before, but I can't picture anything about it. Yeah. Did it run did it run before Dragon Ball or was it did you do it like concurrently? It it ran right before Dragon Ball. And in fact, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball is actually set in the same world as Doctor Slump. There there's a there's a little arc where Goku actually visits Penguin Village. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very and cool. So yeah, that already like Doctor Slump's success would already be enough to make Toriyama a pretty legendary manga figure. And then yeah, his follow-up series uh Dragon Ball ended up being the one to really put him on the map. And 
totally totally obscure cult hit nobody nobody has any uh reference to dragon ball um but no seriously it's one of the most important manga works ever and yeah this debuted in 1984 right after slump about a young boy with a tail named goku and it initially started off as a riff on the 16th century novel journey to the west which is this legendary chinese epic heard of journey to the west i don't really know what it's about but i I feel like from time to time you'll read it or hear about like different books they'll be like it's inspired by journey to the west <laughs> and that's all i know about it yeah and and there is a, a lead character named goku the the first initial characters in the dragon ball manga are like lightly based off of characters in journey to the west so wait he just ripped the name goku from that novel yep son, son, son goku uh is, is a character is the lead character in journey to the west that's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, he said he wanted to create a story with the themes of that novel, but with a little Kung Fu, because he was a big Kung Fu fan. He loved Jackie Chan. Uh, Drunken Master is one of his favorite movies. A little Kung Fu. This this is all Kung Fu. Well, well that, that's how he described it initially. A little Kung Fu, and then, you know, the Kung Fu eventually started to take over the series. Yeah, if you watch the original Dragon Ball, it's like kind of kung fu-ish there's not a lot to it but it, the the whole combat thing just takes over the entire series and uh, <laughs> uh we'll get into that but yeah like the other thing too that dragon ball had that made it stand out with was the chinese setting because there weren't really a lot of japanese manga that used that kind of chinese setting that dragon ball has and again it, it's something that kind of the chinese themes get a more downplayed as the series goes on but a lot of characters have like similar chinese outfits and like chinese uh, architecture in the early goings, at least. So wait, they're all Chinese? I mean, it's I, I wouldn't say any nationality. I, I think uh, Dragon Ball is just kind of its own world. It's set on a planet called Earth that, that resembles our own Earth. Yeah, it kind of has a, like an Earth 2 feel of like, well, this is not really Earth, but it's, it is an Earth. I've got my thoughts on that. We'll talk about it. <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, so the quest of finding seven Dragon Balls, it was inspired by the 19th century Japanese epic Nanso Satomi Hakaden, which involved a quest of finding eight Buddhist prayer beads scattered across eight regions. And Toriyama figured the series would last only a year and end when the Dragon Balls were collected. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, Dragon Ball would go on to run for 42 volumes. Initially, the series wasn't super popular, but it hit stride with readers during the first tournament. Arc. And Toriyama realized that readers really, really enjoyed the fighting aspects of the story, Although he tried to switch things up by having adventure-based stories in between the big flashy tournaments. So this this uh, series made its name on its tournament arcs. The tournament arcs, it goes back again to the to your favorite uh, anime concept, Malcolm, tournament arcs. <laughs> yeah, my, I, lo- I love a good tournament arc. I do, man. I love a good tournament arc, man. And yeah, the, the original Dragon Ball series has uh, is kind of based around these mini arcs and uh, with three major tournaments in between those. And so, yeah, the Dragon Ball anime, it debuts in 1986 in Japan, and it runs for 153 episodes, but that material only covers the first 16 of 42 volumes, which tell the tale of Goku's childhood up to him as an 18-year-old, where he finally wins the Tenkaichi Budokai tournament. So why wouldn't Toei Animation simply continue the series under the name Dragon Ball? Uh, any guesses? Why why add the moniker Z? Because yeah, this show is called Dragon Ball Z. I would I have to assume there was another thing called Dragon Ball, at, and then they were like, well, well, we have to add a, a Z to it because you know we're just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> uh, not quite. It, it was for rebranding purposes. Uh, Dragon Ball's ratings weren't spectacular, and Toei wanted to signify the more serious tone that takes place in Volume Seventeen onwards. So they actually got a completely different team to handle the animation 
one that was more experienced in action anime. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, and Toriyama came up with the name Dragon Ball Z because he felt the series was nearing the end. But once again, he vastly underestimated how much longer it's going to be because the material for Z is about 60% of the original manga. Once he realized there was a cash cow, he was like, well, I'm going to keep this going. And that's the thing. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, it goes on for 291 episodes. It spawns 20 animated films, two sequel series, a 167-episode remake series, which is the one we're covering, and get over 120 video game adaptations, as well as a horrendous Hollywood movie adaptation called Dragon Ball Evolution that stars two of the main cast members from Shameless. I forgot about that. I forgot that it's two of the main cast members of Shameless. They were like they saw that movie and then they were like, "We'll cast you in Shameless." The casting director was like, you know, they watched Dragon Ball Evolution. They're like, you know, this movie sucks, but those two people, they're they've got something. Yeah, these two white, these two generic-looking white people are going to be great as a broke family in, I think, Boston. Is it? I don't know. I've never seen Shameless. I've never. Uh, you, you used to watch Shameless, didn't you, Domenico? Um, I like half watched some of it. I've not watched it. <laughs> like uh, my parents would watch it. I remember watching like the odd episode with them, but no, I'm not. I haven't watched Shameless. Yeah, and so also while Toriyama is writing one of the most important manga ever, he's also doing character designs for one of the most important video games ever made, which is Dragon Quest, a job he's continued to do throughout the series' eleven main entries. And on top of that, he also handled character designs for Chrono Trigger, which is one of the greatest role-playing games ever made. So the guy is very, very busy. <laughs> Why would you do? Why would you commit? Why would you do, be as just a random like character designer on a video game when you're making have this cash cow in Dragon Ball Z and be like, I'll make my own video game? Uh, you know what? Dragon Quest is a very awesome video game series. And to be fair, like as as a young kid, I played one of the uh, a an early Dragon Quest video game because it had the artwork from the guy who did Dragon Ball Z. Like the characters look like Dragon Ball Z characters. And I'm sure he gets paid pretty handsomely for a role that isn't a ton of work. At this point, he's mostly just handling main character designs. He did most of the early work, uh, I guess, while he was doing Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, I would assume it's a love of the game kind of deal now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tori. Unless Shonen Jump is really screwing over the creators, like that's a whole thing. We could. What's the politics, the economic policies of Shonen Jump? Are they fucking all these creators over? I mean, because uh, it appears out every, almost every anime we cover it seems to have links to Shonen Jump at some point. I mean, it's like Marvel or DC, man. It's like Marvel or DC, but at, at least at least most people know who these creators are, as opposed to to Marvel, who only wants you to know about Stan Lee, really. Yeah, they don't even want you to know about Jack Kirby, the other half of Stanley. Yes, that's, I mean, I... Probably the more important for a part of the equation. My understanding is Shonen Jump treats its creators pretty decently, at least if you have, like, a success like Dragon Ball. I mean, Tor Toriyama is doing very well for himself. And yeah, so how did this series become one of the definitive anime in the West? Um, that gets pretty complicated. Uh, the original Dragon Ball gets adapted in 1989 by Harmony Gold USA, and it was butchered beyond recognition. All the characters got renamed, like Goku being named Zero. Uh, and this dub was canceled after failing horribly in test markets and has just five episodes. And did, one they, did they name him Zero to justify the Z of Dragon Ball Z? No, like, because this is before even Z was a thing. This is just... Oh, 
Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Because that would have made more sense. It'd be like, well, we don't know what the Z stands for, so we'll make it like Dragon Ball Z, Zero. And it's no. still, that's a stupid name. They that's called so them Zero, and I don't have the names for the other characters like Yamcha and Bulma, but I'm sure those names were dumb as well. It never gets broadcast to the general public, and it's lo- known as the Lost Dub. But anyways, in 1995, Funimation commissions the Vancouver-based Ocean Group to handle the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball. They were edited for content and had different music, and the series was canceled after that. And, and I think I have a vague memory of watching it on a, on a children's network like YTV. I don't quite remember it. There were only 13 of these, but I, I swear I have images of Goku in my head before Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. What, what about you, Domenico? Do you have any er, early memories? Uh, they only did 13 episodes? I swear they did more. Well, that gets to another story. They, they would event, Funimation would eventually do a proper uh, adaptation of, of classic Dragon Ball. But yeah, the, the original 90s version, only 13. The Ocean... Oh, I swear Ocean Group did more. I'm talking only like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, not... Oh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, gotcha, okay. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. Yeah, okay. OG Dragon Ball. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, the series it gets canceled after that, but Funimation doesn't give up hope, and they decide the original series just wasn't the right fit for the market, and they decide to jump straight ahead to Dragon Ball Z, despite skipping over 140 episodes of story. Which seems like a pretty bonkers move when you think about it. I mean, it is, but if it's not going to work, then like, what's the point of trying to you know, shovel 140 episodes of something no one's going to, is prepared or willing to watch at that point. And, and that proves to be the correct move, shockingly enough. This version of Z, it's also dubbed by the Ocean Group. And for a generation of millennials, it was absolutely the coolest thing. Like, uh, like Domenico and I, we can attest. Like, uh, Domenico, talk about, like, what it was like when you first watched Dragon Ball Z as, like, a kid. What did you think of it? Oh, yeah, I actually remember it specifically. I was, like, eight years old. And then when I first – I saw the first episode on TV, too, coincidentally. I don't know how that worked out so well. Yeah, like yeah, I was, like, just trying to figure out what's going on, and they're shooting lasers out of their hands and, like, all this stuff. And, like, I don't – yeah, I just <laughs> was so overwhelmed by it and trying to figure it out. And going back to what you said, I think skipping Dragon Ball probably was, like, the right idea, especially if you're trying to market it to, like, Western children. Like, I went back and watched the Dragon Ball anime, and I feel like if I watched that at eight years old, I wouldn't have been interested in it. <laughs> I probably would have just passed on it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think there's plenty of people who will say original Dragon Ball is actually the better material, but, you know, it's a different thing. And Dragon Ball Z, and we'll get into this, is so goddamn exciting, especially compared to, like, Western animation at the time. Yeah, because you can't really compare it to anything that was being produced. I mean, I think, like, maybe there's Transformers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're more, those shows are more subdued. Than there, there was Dragon the, Ball Z is. There was the X Men cartoon and Batman the animated series, but I feel even Batman kind of fell over a bunch of kids' heads. And yeah, with Dragon Ball, the lack of context doesn't really matter for a kid. You just see cool characters, and again, the animation is so much different from what you're seeing on on Western animation at the time. And on top of that, the show is serialized, which makes it come across as mature. There, there was plenty of censorship in these early episodes. Um, but it didn't really matter. You, I mean, kids kind of kind of understood what what characters said when they when they said they were being sent to the next dimension. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think that's always like the mistake with a lot of like children's content is that they assume that the that children are stupid and don't know like some of that stuff. And yeah, it's true. Like, I think like I, when I was you know younger, I definitely watched a lot of Simpsons, and there's a lot of references that went over my head. But then you rewatch, you go, oh my god. But also at the same time, like. 
if you're caring about the action, you're going to miss those references because you are a kid. And I know it's funny. My mom's like whole parenting philosophy was like, yeah, you can just like watch this sort of stuff. You're not going to get a bunch of the things that like other parents that get scared of, but like being, having their kids be exposed to. So. For sure. And again, yeah, it's, it was so cool compared to anything on TV at the time. And yet despite that success, uh, DBZ gets canceled after 53 episodes because the Saban Corporation cut off all their syndicated programming. But eventually the series found a home in the States on Cartoon Network, and the reruns were super successful, resulting in Funimation to produce more episodes. Only this time, in order to save money, they would record in-house with a brand new cast that would eventually form the backbone of Funimation for decades to come. And this Funimation dub also featured a different score and a bit less content editing, which allowed Dragon Ball Z to appeal to teenagers too. And this run of Dragon Ball Z goes on from 1999 to 2003. I'm always surprised by almost how little time passes, even though there's like hundreds of episodes produced. Because they just air them just pretty much every single day. That's true. I guess they are like like the soap operas for teens. For sure. Uh, Soap operas for teens and tweens. And man, like I remember as a kid, like my my dad was in the internet industry and stuff. So even at like eight years old, I was looking up Dragon Ball spoilers online in like the early days of the internet. Like I I consumed the show in such a weird way. Like I never watched the show from from cover to cover, but I would just like find like web comics that were using like sprites from like Japanese Dragon Ball Z games that would like retell the story. I consumed the show in, in the most in the most haphazard way possible. I'm assuming you like went on a bunch of GeoCity sites that like <laughs> that had like you know and like I got into your AOL chat groups about oh, this. Dude, like I would watch like clips of fan dubs and the fan dubs would have all this swearing, which I thought was like a proper translation, but it turns out it was just them being edgy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, this run again, it ends in 2003. And I should mention the the Ocean dub, I, I skipped over this. This comes out in like 1996. So yeah, it, it was a bit of a ramp up. And so you were saying they cut the Ocean dub off at like 53 episodes? It gets so weird, man. I was watching some vids. So Ocean dub gets cut off at 53, but then at some point they, they, re, they bring it back, but they skip a m- major portion of the Frieza saga and head straight to Cell. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's so confusing. And also, like, the way YTV in Canada, at least for us, like, I mentioned Toonami because this is where my information was coming from American sources. But just anecdotally, like, the dubs for us, they were constantly switching between the Funimation and Ocean group throughout. Like, you would get oh. like, different Gokus and different Vegetas all the time. Yeah, I remember I torrented the entire Dragon Ball Z series sometime in high school because I, like, I wanted to rewatch. Actually, I'd never finished it as a kid because, like, I never saw the Boo Saga. So in high school, I torrented it to rewatch. And interchangeably between some of the episodes, the voices would get different. So, yeah, there was different dubs in between the two. Yeah, and, like, even the Ocean Group had, like, three different Gokus. I was just listening to an interview with uh, the voice of the original Vegeta, uh, Brian Drummond. And he's like, yeah, I worked with three different Gokus during this uh, period. It gets really wild, and I think some of it was because they were saving money and contracts, and it like apparently the the Ocean Dub actors actually got paid more than the U.S. ones. Oh, because they were paying Canadian actors to do that. Yeah, Ocean Group was was Vancouver based. Yeah, I would assume Vancouver, Canada, not Vancouver. Yeah, Washington. exactly. But no, so like they, but the Ocean actors were uh, union as opposed to uh, Funimation, which hires non-union actors. Yeah, well, it seems like the Funimation style was that they kind of hired people who were like in the working the office or kind of in like, you know, their bubble of friends to then do the voices. And obviously they kind of 
created stars out of those people. Like I saw in the credits that Christopher Sabat, who's a name I've been recognizing in these like these shows we've been covering, is also credited as a line producer. Exactly. Which I thought was fascinating that he was like the producer just got pulled in. Yeah, do, well, like, no, he of... it was it was actually the opposite. No, he he <laughs> was the voice of Vegeta for the Funimation dub. Um, when Funimation again decides to go in house, but he became line producer just throughout his career. When uh, Kai, when Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is the series we're watching, uh, gets dubbed in like 2009. Oh, so it's kind of a reward for for loyalty to the company. Yeah, loyalty, and he's also like a voice director. I mean, Sabat is really one of the pillars of Funimation at this point. He's, he's not the only name that I recognize out of all of them, too, to be honest. Yeah, no, well, again, like, he does so much work, and he also, like, like Malcolm and I have watched a bunch of anime shows, you know, throughout this podcast, and he does tend to get the money roles. He, they mm. tend to give him the best characters. Yeah, he kind of seems like to be the anime version of, like, Nolan North or Troy Baker, who are, like, two huge video game voice guys who seem to like pop up in like everything yeah exactly and uh so just like star wars had its own controversial revival in the 90s with the prequel trilogy dragon ball z had a series that continued the narrative called dragon ball gt and uh domenico what are your thoughts on gt it's just it's i I don't know i was just thinking that like do you think the original creator like thinks about uh toriyama when he was creating dragon ball the manga and then he looks at like gt the series and what it become and like what a monster he created yeah so so (laughs) gt dragon ball gt is a sequel series to dragon ball z uh it did not last nearly as long it only went on for 64 episodes is it about uh, bikes? Are they riding no, bikes? But it's, a, it's a grand tour. It's a grand tour across the galaxy, which actually kind of sounds cool, but they make the baffling choice of the first episode to de-age Goku. Uh, Goku, Goku gets accidentally de-aged by a Dragon Ball wish, which turns him into a child, and so he teams up with his granddaughter, uh, Pan, to go on like a grand tour across the galaxies to find the Dragon Balls again. Um, and yeah, child Goku is just kind of annoying. I know, I know he's technically an adult, but that alone is already was enough to turn me off the series as a kid. What a nightmare that would be to be like an adult and then you get trapped in a child's body. Well, at least it's Goku who's an idiot and very naive anyways, which, which is also why it, Goku becomes a very annoying character as a child because he's already a, a childish man-child. <laughs> and now he's an actual child. <laughs> an actual child. So yeah, it only goes on for 64 episodes. But I think what a lot of people will agree is the final episode is shockingly perfect. Uh, it ends in pretty much the best way the series as a whole could end. Uh, I recently watched the final episode, and yeah, it, it did give me the feels. So if you're going to watch GT, watch the final episode and nothing else. Even if you like, you don't even have to be set up for it? It's just like, oh. Uh, it's a mild setup, but but the problem with GT is we were just, the, the plots weren't even very interesting to begin with. No, nothing close to, to the original Z. And yeah, uh, the show had zero involvement from Toriyama. Yeah, I watched the I watched the first twenty episodes, and then uh, well, at that point I was exhausted too, so I'd watched all of Dragon Ball Z and then gone back and watched Dragon Ball. And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do GT, and I lasted twenty episodes, so maybe I will take a crack at that that final episode final just for one. some final satisfaction. One, the final one is a good <laughs> ending for the story of Goku. I'll say that. Okay, all right, it's worth it. Uh, maybe you'll even watch it uh, next week. We'll, we'll touch on it briefly. Um, but yeah, the show it has zero involvement from Toriyama other than some character designs. And it's very apparent. So yeah, that's such a bold move. But it's like it's such a cash grab, and then they go, and and then he's uh, still like they he's okay giving them character designs, but that's about it. I mean, it. he's still getting paid either way. 
That's I guess that's true. He's happy. I mean, he he the the way Dragon Ball Z is the way Toriyama envisioned it. Um, is, it is GT even considered canon? It's it's basically not. There's enough stuff. Yeah. There's enough stuff that happens in Dragon Ball Super, which we'll get to. So yeah, even as Dragon Ball Z ends in the West, the series is still selling plenty of merchandise, and Hollywood has its eye on making some money off that. And in 2009, we finally get an adaptation called Dragon Ball Evolution, and it's a huge flop. It doesn't resemble the series really at all. Goku's kind of portrayed more like Peter Parker than a wild monkey boy who likes to fight. Um, Also, Justin Chatwin, sorry, buddy, you're no Goku. Goku is a fairly strong-looking muscle man, and you're a a skinny, skinny white dude. How dare you? Um, He's from British Columbia. (laughs) He's from Vancouver, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Justin. Uh, You know what? No, he still sucked in the role. So you can uh, you can at least say admit that 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 was a whole misfiring. Uh, I I could have had so much more about this movie, but I think we'll eventually cover it at some point in the podcast. So yeah. Long story short, it grosses sixty million dollars off a thirty million budget, which honestly is more than I expected. That's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's, it's well, that like came out in this era where like they made these like one-off bomb after bomb of ad- adaptations of anime and video games. I remember there was like a Street Fighter movie that came out. There's been two Street Fighter movies that There's just like really sucked, and you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" And yeah, this one was, I think. Oh, and then there was obviously Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. That movie, the M Night Shyamalan disaster. It almost ended his career. Which is also, again, Avatar, Last Airbender, very anime-like. Some people would argue it is anime, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it, it was not a good time for adaptations. And again, even the movie Avengers hadn't even come out. So all we had was Iron Man and the Dark Knight. Um, it was a very weird time, 2009. Um, but the failure of Dragon Ball Evolution does result in Toriyama being so furious that this could be the last major Dragon Ball thing that he actually chooses to continue the series in the form of a movie called Dragon Ball Z, Battle of the Gods, which comes out in 2013. And this is truly the revival of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball as a whole. Like, I remember Domenico and I, we got excited for this, didn't we? Yeah, I was pretty hyped on that, I remember. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, Dragon Ball's back. And again, like, this is like, again, like a 10-year, 10-year gap. And also, like, yeah, this was like the first new content. And again, like, so many of the video games had to just reuse previous sagas. There weren't any new characters to kind of put in the video games and other merchandise. So it was a lot of just reusing content for like 10 or 15 years after Z ended. Oh, the video games got pretty disgusting at some point. Like, I can't believe they put that many out. There There were so many. And again, it was just like, oh, let's do all these sagas again. And it's like, oh, but this time the graphics are a bit better and we we changed up the gameplay slightly. It's like, how many times can you redo the Saiyan saga? It's like, I'm sorry, we get it. Yeah, Uh, come up with something new. Which they did, and it's super successful. It gets another movie sequel in 2015, and that results in a full-on sequel anime called Dragon Ball Super that runs for 131 episodes from 2015 to 2018. And on top of that, Dragon Ball Super gets a movie sequel called Dragon Ball Super Brawly that you and me, Domenico, we saw that in theaters. That's right. It's an awesome How how many years ago was that now? Like two? It came out beginning, it came out January 2019 in the West, uh, December 2018. Wow, it feels like that was like a long time ago. So yeah, this is a movie that takes a character called Brawly, who is very dumb but very popular, who was a non-canon character, and it gave him a brand new in-canon story that somehow made him super sympathetic and interesting. And this movie makes a ton of money. Malcolm, can you guess how much this anime film made worldwide? I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's north of a hundred. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say a, a, a two fifty two two hundred fifty million. 
Uh, not quite, but it makes 125 million, which is very good for an anime film that cost eight million. Oh, well, only eight million. Oh, wow, that is good. Yeah. So this movie was super successful. I remember like when it was coming to theaters, they were constantly adding screens because they're like the uh, I think it was Sony or someone who handled distribution, and they greatly underestimated how uh, popular this would be in North America. Yeah, it's always funny kind of hearing those stories where they're like, "Oh, we we'll just ignore this international audience and." You know, I'm just like, oh, we'll just do one theater in this. I mean, it was 2019. Town. Like, guys, people like Japanimation. <laughs> people like this stuff. You know, you're not necessarily going to get a billion dollar gross, but this stuff is is successful. It's so, probably it's more. It's going to do better than Dirty Grandpa starring Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's done a lot more than a lot of things. Uh, so yeah, Dragon Ball. It's doing pretty well right now. Uh, even the last couple of video games have been pretty fun. Um, and this version of Z we're covering is called Dragon Ball Z Kai. It most notably features almost none of the filler content from the original Z broadcast, cutting the 291 episodes down to 167. It also features remastered footage, as well as some new animation to make scene transitions flow better between the content that was cut. And and there we are, as I predicted, uh, a nearly 40-minute background segment. Oh, wow. All right, so let's finally get into the episodes. Uh, We're doing episodes one to three. Um, the what is it? The, the first episode is called The Return of Goku. Think so. I didn't pay attention to you that. I don't remember. The, I do episode. remember. Well, I do remember paying attention to the name of the second episode, but we can discuss that later. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, The Return of Goku doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> because I haven't. There's nothing for me to have been returned to because I have never seen this before. There, and this, there, there's a lot to this where there the beginning of this episode in which, like, they recap uh, a whole story that I was like, oh, I wasn't sure if that it was something that actually happened or if they were just like, here's all, like, the prequel stuff that we need to throw in there just so, like, to do some fan service slash get us to this, like, moment of, like, oh, these characters kind of seem recognizable. But I, obviously, as someone who's never seen this, I didn't uh, know anything. I didn't know the names of people. So this episode is called Prologue to Battle, The Return of Goku, which I love. I love Prologue to Battle. That's an incredible title. This truly is a prologue. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, like, again, me and Domenico, we remember watching the show as a kid. And again, we watched a different version of this, a, a version that was cut differently. Also, like, it's important to note, like, these <laughs> these episodes, they cut the Saiyan Saga down from 38 in uh, the Japanese broadcast, the original Japanese broadcast were 38 episodes. The ocean dub was 28, and this version of Dragon Ball Z Kai, we're only watching 18. So we're watching something that has completely cut out a lot of the filler content. Which but, is which is ironic because there felt like there was filler content, especially in the second episode, which we'll I'll, talk I'll about. I'll say this. So here's the thing. Let's even talk about the opening. This opening is not something me and Domenico experienced as a kid. They did not give us this prologue. And they, yeah, you got a little background information. I just remember they threw us into it, and I was so confused. <laughs> okay, so this so this is new to the show. Like I just assumed that you guys had watched this whole saga of him as a kid. Him and his I what is the name of the planet he's from? Uh Planet Vegeta. Vegeta sounded a lot like vagina, and I kept thinking about that. I was like, oh, like just one tweak. It's like one tweak away. So uh, I, I do not like this prologue they attach, especially the very beginning. I think the the very first stuff we see is an alien planet um it's again it's kind of the superman origin story of that it's, it's entirely the superman origin story when you were talking about how uh, 
how he he was very influenced by pop culture, like in his other series. It's like, yeah, he just like ripped the Superman story. Except this time, instead of like uh, Goku being like Clark and like the last of his like people, it's like there's uh, clearly others around. Clearly others, although they keep it small, thankfully. Uh, they they do keep it mostly small, but. I guess yeah, Superman's like, similar. There's people who are like, I was from I guess, the planet I guess too. Like Supergirl and stuff like that, and like Zod. Um, so yeah, there, there's certainly some similarities. But yeah, like this this prologue. So this the footage from this initial bit showcasing Planet Vegeta uh, comes from a movie, uh, a prequel movie called like the story of Bardock, who is who is Goku's father. And again, I don't think this prologue is super helpful to um, to new viewers. I think, and I also don't like the way it sets up the show. Because it actually ruined some reveals. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of unnecessary, and they introduced Frieza into it. And I, I was even thinking, what was the point of that? I wonder though, with Kai, is there was there intention when they they made it like to try to get new Dragon Ball viewers to watch it, or was it kind of just like we're gonna do a remastered, condensed version of the show for like the original fans so they can watch it quickly or something? It was a little bit of both. It, this was designed to be like an anniversary thing. They they knew people wanted more Dragon Ball, but they didn't want to spend money to like just do a full on remake of the series. So they were like, okay, we're going to remaster this. And I guess in their minds, they're like, yeah, let's give some people some additional background. But I think the three, the stuff with Planet Vegeta and Goku's dad, which again, I don't even think you knew that was Goku's dad. He's like the guy with the spiky hair at the very beginning, um, facing down the, the dude in the chair, Malcolm. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that. And it, I, was, you don't I mean, I kind of recognized the Goku-ness because I was like, because he's like the only, you know, he's the only familiar face that I know of uh, from the show. Yeah. Also, the old man looked familiar. I was like, did I... Why was he familiar to me? I don't know. So anyways, uh, I, I don't like this because for one thing, it already contradicts information that we get in the second episode. And yeah, it spoils some reveals. Like, But I guess the idea is like, oh, we want people to think that this is building up to something. I think that's what they're trying to do. They're like, yes, this, this series is all about the battle between Goku and Frieza. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that there's a sense of discovery way later in the series yeah especially well what reveals are there like i guess are, were they stuff that we watched in these episodes or are they so, so jumping a little bit ahead to the second episode uh goku's evil brother raditz says planet vegeta was destroyed by a meteor and if you don't have this prologue you're gonna believe it <laughs> yeah so that- oh yeah that is right because uh, it's like space guys that are like destroy it which again, this is this is information that won't come until like dozens and dozens of episodes. It's meant to be a big reveal, so I don't like that prologue at all. I think it actually like undermines the series. It would be yeah. like like having like a twi- it would be like showing Thanos at the beginning of Iron Man one and like having a flash forward of Iron Man facing down Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. It's like you don't need this. Yeah, and it just adds confusion because you're like, wait, how is this like this movie about? You know, a guy who builds a robot suit in the caves of Afghanistan. Yeah, why is how is he, he going to fight this alien? Which is also <laughs> Goku. Why is Goku fighting? Why is Goku on another planet? There's many questions, and again, it, it's not like you could piece this together. If anything, I'm already spoiling it for you by giving you. Context. Also, why does he have a tail? Like that was well, a question. We'll get into wow. that like we'll like get this into this that whole part. tail thing, this tail nonsense. Like I was like, because he's it's obviously been cut off and. 
or but he also says at one point that it fell off like it was like it fell off and in, in the first episode we'll, we'll get we'll off. get to that in a moment but yeah so that whole planet vegeta prologue i don't like i think the other prologue where it's just kind of giving you a quick recap of original dragon ball that's fine i think that's cool because it gives you good context it's like here's goku he was a person you know he he met a person named bulma he fought in some tournaments made some friends that i think was kind of do you think that was more okay malcolm yeah, that stuff like made sense. Like that was like okay, cool. I like that Balma's uh, had a shirt with her own name on it. Like that was that was kind of cool. I like, was kind of dope. Like I'd like to have a, a Malcolm just sweatshirt where it just had my name on it. Like I don't know why that kind of was fun. Um, I wish more people did that. So if you, instead of having like those stupid like hello, my name is, and then you write it in like you know faded sharpie at some meeting, it's just like everyone gets their own sweatshirt with their names printed on it. Bul- Bulma's cool. Uh, Bulma's awesome. She's always got a good sense of style. They're constantly giving her cool new outfits. Um, but yeah, so we get this prologue, and then we finally get to the good stuff, which is yeah, we're we're on planet Earth. And yes, we- we're on out. On, I feel like it's an on Earth. Like it's not really planet Earth because there's there's that green guy, that green motherfucker is okay. Is that's, around. Well, we'll get to Piccolo, man. We'll get to Piccolo. <laughs> like, oh God, no. again, I'm. Uh, <laughs> You know, so you're like, is, he, is it really Earth? Like, I mean, I guess I don't see any animals, and they're, um, but I oh, know there are animals. I, that's a lie. There's, there's the turtle. There, um, there's the turtle. Um, there's also dinosaurs on this planet. There's a lot. There's also like dog mayors and dog presidents. This. Is... I, it's funny you say that because I was just just before this recording, I was on Reddit, and there was uh, I just saw a meme of like, I guess there's a, a a joke that there's a town in Minnesota that keeps electing a dog mayor and i was like they're like they're like all corrupt all pol- uh, politicians are corrupt and then it's just like you know minnesota town elects dog mayor and you're like that dog can't be corrupt yeah no um so yeah like that's the thing and we see this again the very superman stuff a, a uh like a kind of pod hurling towards earth and uh this pod lands in a farm and uh, we see this guy with very classic nice... Superman, right? Like by only the... this time, only this time, it's not a nice guy; it's a mean guy. Oh yeah, he's yeah, because they they imply that he's yeah, he was programmed to be mean. No, and but I'm that... talking about Raditz, the guy who um, Raditz, the guy who kills. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. There's because there's the other pod, uh, there's the, pod. There's Goku's pod. Yeah, well, That's, we'll I, I forgot if that was in the second episode or not. Yeah, we're we're talking first now. Now we're moving back after that clarification of, of the bonkers prologue. Yeah, um, yeah, Raditz and the farmer. That's a scene that when I was like rewatching the the Funimation original dub, whatever we want to call it, that's a scene that goes on for way longer in the uh, original cut of it. Just Raditz messing with this poor farmer who who tries to shoot him and uh, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I kept, when I was watching it, it almost felt like at certain points that the farmer was like, you get out of here, you motherfucker. Like, I, I felt like he just wanted to keep saying motherfucker. I don't know if that was just me wishing it. Maybe, I mean, it's a, a, it's just a mood right now, but like, um, but that was a fun scene. I actually thought that was cool. what, what do you think of old Raditz, Malcolm? Because this is what the only time we're ever going to talk about Raditz, because he's completely irrelevant after these three episodes. Um, what a piece of shit. <laughs> what is like... <laughs> He's incompetent. Uh, like he's like over. Like he overhypes himself. Uh, he's a bad uncle and a terrible brother. Um, <laughs> like he's just like I also like he all he does is monologue. Like that his whole existence is I'm gonna monologue 
And I'm going to say the same thing. I don't understand why he wants to eradicate uh, Earth. Like, that's, that's the one thing that, like, I don't know, maybe you guys have more clarification on it but i was like what did earth do like they didn't they don't seem to be involved in like the blowing up of the planet they just seem like is it like a conquering thing is it just like we want to conquer you guys like also did, why are they in space like <laughs> <laughs> why does there have to be a space element why saying? are they in space like why, why are they in space because that's dude it's he's an he's part of a race of evil alien warlords that's just what mm-hmm. they do they're in space Technically, Goku's an alien, and there's going to be a lot more space in the show. It's a space show. Can you be considered a warlord, especially a successful warlord, if your own planet's been destroyed? (laughs) Well, I guess the real warlord is Frieza, but we're not going to talk about Frieza at all, because I don't want it, because that's for another saga. And I don't like... Frieza sounds like like an Icelandic rapper. (laughs) Like, that's... (laughs) Um, we're jumping way ahead. So Raditz, Raditz, piece of shit, uh, murders farmer. Uh, and then we go to Goku. I don't think he killed the farmer, did he? I, he, I, have always assumed he did. Do we I, fi- I feel well, like he, he, he didn't get hit with the bullet. I feel like he, he got knocked back because he hit the gun he was holding and then he like fell on the, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I would assume like based on like the third episode or like the second episode where it's like, you need to collect a hundred humans and like, we're going to kill, we'll eradicate earth. It'll take a month. I assume he's like the farmer's dead because of it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Listen, the Rashid, genocidal man's not going to save the farmer. No. But then again, it could have just like based on his own incompetence, like it could have easily just been like, oh, I, I guess I I fucked this one up. <laughs> Who do we see? Do we see either Gohan or Goku first? I'm already like so thrown off. Mm, um, which one's Goku Gohan? The, Gohan's the baby, <laughs> baby kid. Oh, he's Kai. the baby. I thought he was Kai. Who's Kai? Kai is, is Kai? Kai is just a dumb title. Kai is just a dumb title to signify this was kind of different. Okay. And there's That's... no person named Z either. Z is not a thing. Z is... Yeah, I, I, we've established that. I just I was like, I assumed Kai was the name of the child. But no, I guess uh, that's Gohan, Gohan who, was, who was named after um, Goku, Goku's adopted grandfather, Gohan. Um, so yeah, Gohan, he's, he's, got, he's got a nice, again, his outfit, very Chinese-inspired. He's got like a little Dragon Ball on his little hat very cute design and yeah he's like he's like trying to like uh touch a bird or something but he's like over a waterfall yeah that that was interesting it's i i have a question for you how old is uh goku in this is goku he a teen father a like that was my based hope- on like the ages of anime characters if he was like 20 and the kid's four i was like did he have a kid at 16 because like like that was my math, but I don't know how old he is in the show. Goku, Goku is twenty three at the start of Dragon Ball Z. Okay, so he had a kid at nineteen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I mean, again, this isn't Goku's not an educated guy. Again, he's not like a you know, he's not like a dude who's like going to go into university. And also, he he only married Chi Chi because he thought marriage was a food. What? Yeah. So way back in the very beginning of Dragon Ball, Goku meets Chi Chi as like a child. And he like saves her, and she's like, "Okay, you got to promise to marry him." And then Chi Chi disappears until the very final arc of original Dragon Ball. And yeah, Goku is like, "Yeah, I just thought marriage was food." So, but he uh, he can he's an honorable man and uh, marries her. Okay, Goku, Goku. Listen, man. As far as dumb characters go, Goku Goku is among the dumbest. Yeah, because he's because I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't I wasn't sure if he was yeah like in it like 
in his mid twenties or older or younger. Twenty three. And I think Goku actually looks like twenty three. I think I think that's an yeah. anime aging. I honestly yeah. as a kid thought he was like in his forties for some reason. Well that's because like one <laughs> who's like older than like any anyone's in their forties when you're a kid. You yeah, I'm know. I'm eight and I think he's an adult. He's like forty. Yeah. That's that is true, yeah. Most adults I was like, Oh, they're so old. But but to be fair, you couldn't really tell a difference because because Goku being a Saiyan will will age slowly and also to save money on character redesigns. <laughs> Goku will always pretty much look the same throughout. Yeah. Uh, he but yeah, so, yeah. so like his baby uh is yeah, it was on like a stick, like trying to touch a bird. It's implied that he may have jumped up there or like I don't know how he got up there. But then, like, Goku has, like, uh, what is it? He flies around on a cloud, an orange cloud? It's called the Flying Nimbus, yeah. Okay. Nimbus is awesome. I actually liked it. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Um, is, it, is, is it, like, is it more like a cloud, or is it, like, a pillow? Is it, like, a magic carpet? I was curious kind of, about, like, like, how that. you sit on, you on it, ride. if it's a cloud. It's like a cloud, but you can only ride it if you're pure apart, and Goku is indeed pure apart. It's kind of a flex, though, too, because he can fly on his own, but he doesn't really need the Nimbus, so he's kind of just rolling around on it to show off that he can. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was, like... I guess I didn't know he could fly. That's, <laughs> like... Because he gets his ass handed to him in all these episodes. He does. He does, but again, that that's to show you that Goku, who, again, has pretty much won all of his fights... Uh, in original Dragon Ball, again, he, he he does lose two tournaments, but those are technicalities, I would argue. Um, there's there's some mucky muck around that, but yeah. So Goku again, not the best father, lets his kid nearly fall off a ravine. I don't know. I like the kid. The kid's is a fun character. You like Gohan? That's good because get used to him because uh, Gohan's pretty darn important to this whole series. I like this idea that they're like the four year old. They're gonna follow a four year old around. It sounds like we're getting into GT territory. From what you <laughs> well, guys at least in terms of it makes a bit more sense. Um, so yeah, we we then go to like Kame House, which is where a bunch of Goku's old friends are, and they get they get to meet Gohan. And and what do you think of these supporting characters? You you have Krillin, who's this bald guy with no nose. Um, Bulma, who you already briefly saw in the flashback, um, but now she's older. Uh, Master Roshi, who is a a pervert kung fu master. And uh, Mr. Turtle, who is a turtle. <laughs> so Mr. Turtle's not just a random turtle. He's an actual character that we have to learn to like deal I with. I mean, his his role in, in Z is greatly diminished compared to compared to previous appearances. Okay. Yeah, like I was curious. I don't understand why they're on this island in the middle of nowhere. Just... And they're drinking beer like the one guy's drinking beer, they're like hanging out as if like it's not very hard to get to or leave this island. Listen, when you have flying machines and a good chunk of your characters can fly, it's no big deal. Can they all fly? Is that like... I, I don't think that... Master Roshi can fly, and Mr. Turtle Mr. Turtle doesn't have anywhere to go. Bulma has a flying machine. Uh, and yeah. I just assumed Mr. Turtle was native to that island. Yeah, Mr. Turtle is cool where he is. I'm sure I'm sure he, he comes to other places when they, when they transport him to parties. Because uh, these characters are all friends. They love to have parties. Um, but yeah, Mr. Turtle, Mr. Turtle is cool where he is. Uh, what do you think of Master Roshi, who, who begins his first act by, again, trying to, trying to grab Bulma? Yeah, that was wild. I was, when was this made? When was this made? Uh, again, throughout the 90s. Uh, this, this show ended in 96. They, they cut out all the pervious, salty stuff in the American, initial American release, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he he's a guy who would be canceled. He's a can he's like prime <laughs> cancel guy. Like Mr. Roshi has done many cancelable things uh, throughout his career. Yeah, he looks like he's like on his way to making uh, like a "Let Me Be Frank" video. But but you wouldn't know this, but Mr. Roshi trained Goku and Krillin. I guess that makes sense. He is the oldest character there, so I assume that there was, and he was the one who talks about the grandfather, right? And like, yeah. So Master Roshi knew uh, Goku's uh, grandfather Gohan, and that's a whole another thing because yeah, uh, Master Roshi. I guess we're kind of already jumping ahead to episode two, but whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, Roshi. He he talks to Goku about kind of uh, what he knew about Grandpa Gohan and just how Gohan found Goku, which is that Goku used to be a wild child. Why did they keep like that such a secret from Goku? I don't know. I guess they didn't want to. I, like, like, he's twenty. He's an adult now. He's in his twenties. Like they can't. They don't want to tell him he's from space. Like yeah, he, he has, has a kid. He has a kid. <laughs> he has a kid. He has a kid with a tail. And also Goku also had a tail, which he didn't think was ever a big deal. Yeah, they were even tiptoeing around that. Like, oh, Gohan in the moon. Like, if you notice anything, he has no idea. Like, you think they should tell him, but they're yeah. Just... So, so we might as well kind of jump ahead. One of the things about Saiyans, Saiyans, Malcolm, is that Saiyans can transform into a great ape during a full moon, and Goku has transformed into that great ape form back in early Dragon Ball Adventures, but he always kind of forgets it because it's like this kind of you know massive transformation, which he never mastered either. Okay, so it's like an amnesia thing where you're like, it's like where you know, like werewolves in that mythology where they like wake up the next day, like, what happened? Why am I covered in blood? Why am I in the forest? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. And someone like Raditz, who is a bastard, he's mastered that form because again, he's he's used that form to probably eliminate planets. Oh, and, and let's let's jump back to to episode one because we didn't t- even talk about Piccolo's confrontation with Raditz. So so, what do you think of 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 the Green Man, Malcolm? Green Man. Um. He's like another kind of like seems to be an incompetent villain. Like it's just like he like he looks like a guy who uh, you know um, wants to do much more evil stuff than he can. Obviously, like kind of jumping forward, this is apparently it's a really big deal that they team up. I yeah. think he was a villain like for the other parts of the show, he but was a villain in the final in the final original Dragon Ball arc, and, and Goku defeats him to finally win the Tenkaichi Budokai tournaments. So yeah, he seems tamed. Like it seems like he's like, oh, I've been defeated, and now he just kind of wanders. He's he's been wandering the earth for five years, and you know he he hasn't really been succeeding in that whole take over the world plot. Um, but it should be noted, um, Piccolo's uh, I guess father, because Piccolo hatched from an egg. His, his father, King Piccolo, um, killed Master Roshi and Krillin. I think I should mention that. Oh, Master Roshi and Krillin have ha- have died before. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Well, but then the Dragon Balls, like the, that's the one thing with the Dragon Balls is that they grant wishes, which is because the ultimate dragon, uh, Shenron, Shenron, is has the is basically a genie. Yeah, this is this is genie ballsy. Like this is like that's what this is. <laughs> like you know. Um, so, and so I, which means like any deaths that occur can like in theory just be like erased uh, in theory in theory but of course they try to impose limits uh the dragon's rule is that if you've died once you can't be revived again which is why krillin and master roshi do not join in uh when they actually have to participate in the fight okay so it's only at the you get a one it's like it's like spider-man everyone gets one everyone gets one and so yeah we we have uh raditz he has this confrontation with piccolo 
Piccolo uh, is pretty, pretty thrown off. Piccolo, he thinks he's the top guy. He thinks all he needs to do is compete with Goku and that's it. And Raditz uh, owns him pretty hard. Yeah, I was, I just noticed how obsessed with power levels Raditz was. I kind of forgot oh, about dude. that. Like <laughs> everything that comes out of his mouth is about power levels for the first couple episodes. Like the farmer and then Piccolo's and then Goku's and then Gohan's. And like, they sort of abandoned that really quickly though. He, he's an accountant, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's an accountant. Did, and the, do, oh, yeah. We never figure out his power level, do we? No, his power level is like, some, I think he talked about how it's like 700-ish or something like that. No, because that was, or, they, no, because I think Piccolo no. got up to like 1300 at one point. So he's oh, like, okay. still, I think he was still higher than Piccolo. I don't know. It's yeah, because they, they said something about like, uh, there's the two, at the very end of the third episode, there's those two guys in space doing space stuff i don't know what they're doing but oh, geno- genocide they're ge- they're committing genocide uh, yeah. on another planet um and yeah they they are like oh this guy uh when he dies oh he's so weak like it's only 1300 so i would have i assumed that he would have had more or that he was like you know the worst of the three so that's why he was like the sacrificial pawn to go to earth so Radis's power level according to according to official sources is 1500 my power level is higher than that. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Yeah, that's that's some weak shit, bro, for uh, Raditz. Well, what was the farmer? He was like three or something? He was Five? Just... I don't remember. Let's see, average human's probably around. I'm, I'd assume I'm stronger than that farmer, so maybe I'm like a six. Farmer power level. <laughs> uh, the farmer had a power level of five. Okay, yeah, I'm a six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Piccolo, he's thrown off about this. And then, yeah, Raditz, he goes to confront uh, Goku... And tell, he drops a lot of revelations onto Goku. <laughs> he tells him he's an alien. He's from the planet Vegeta. He's, yeah. He's just, all he starts doing is talking. Like, that's the thing. He just, he's like monologues. Now, um, imagine you're a manga reader and you're just reading the, the previous chap, chapter of this whole thing where you're just like, okay, Goku beat up this big green guy. And then you find out a chapter later, oh, wait, this, this character who I've been following for 190 chapters is a space alien. <laughs> Don't you think that's going to be a little a little bit of a far a far cry? Yeah, because like I guess at no point was that really established. No, it's again. Really like and then and then he has to do the exposition dump of the century of just like I'm your brother and we're from this planet and I, you know and I'm going to and I want you to kill 100 humans or I'm going to kill you're my nephew, my your son. Like it's just like all this information. And, and he also and at, the same, at the same time, Goku is like has been punched so hard he's just writhing in the on the ground in pain. <laughs> he's like a, his body is broken, and then it's like you got to kill a hundred humans before this. I'm like, I think this guy should be in the hospital for at least a week. Then let's talk about this. <laughs> Raditz, and also again, Raditz doesn't even know because this prologue has already uh, given us a bit too much information. Raditz is already not even giving us the correct uh, way that Planet Vegeta was destroyed. He's like, oh, it was just destroyed by a meteor. Is that because he didn't know? I don't know because I, I think if that's, yeah, maybe if that, no, he would have known. Well, I, I was wondering if he was fall, fed false information to like make him bad. Like that that was what they were told and he doesn't know the truth. Again, right. this is something because my my belief is, and I think this is pretty accurate, Toriyama did not come up with any of this stuff until the, the arc after the Saiyan saga, which is just, it already leads to some weird... Oh, problem. I see, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, so it was changing it up. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It, I don't. Th- again, th- this is why I don't like that initial prologue because it just goes ahead of reveals where we're not even ready to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have we we have another character coming up named Vegeta who has a very big beef with Frieza, but it's not mentioned until that saga starts uh, many many episodes later. So that's a whole another thing. But anyways, Raditz, he gives him this exposition dump, tells him what the whole deal is that the Saiyans are basically these guys who just go from planet to planet to fuck people up and commit genocide. And they <laughs> kind still- of lays it all on him, like, kind of quickly, too. Like, if I was going to talk to my brother and, like, convince him, like, I've never met my brother and, like, I want to do genocide with him. Like, I'd probably, like, take him out for lunch or something. Like, look, like, sit down, like, let's talk. You know, just, like, punch him in the stomach and then tell him he's an alien. He doesn't even like try and make the genocide seem justified. He's yeah, like, like make it a little palpable. Well, like that was that was the thing. I was like, what did uh, the humans do? Like they didn't they didn't do anything. Like there was no like I I wish there was like at least something being like oh there you know a secret part of the you know of the governments have like you know had a like a sophisticated system of space travel or whatever because and then they blew up the planet and that's why they want like revenge on earth like just give me something instead of being like <laughs> do it you're really because, overthinking because it. we're bros like that's what it is it's like do it because we're bros also and then he's like also where's your tail <laughs> like that was the other thing. where is your tail yes um whole nother thing uh but also like First of all, he said there's only three other Saiyans, so why are these Saiyans committing genocide? There's only three of them. They're not going to, like, form a kingdom. Why that was don't... another thought I had, too. Why not, like, there's only three of you left. Like, why not try to, like, save your brother? He's like, I'm going to kill my brother and my nephew. Let's go. Like, there's three of you left. Like, try to procreate, like, create a new race then or something. Yeah, he should be pretty happy that Gohan has, that Goku has made another Saiyan, for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it feels like it should be more of an occupation. Like, we're, we're, like, Earth is the perfect planet for, like, our people to thrive on. And you're the example of it. Earth Instead is... of, like, whatever this genocide business is on. I mean, it's it's a great planet to, to have an occupation. Because, for one thing, Earthlings, they, they look just like Saiyans, except for the whole tail thing. Uh, they're weaker. So, yeah, just, you know, just, just procreate, have some fun, and, you know... <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just kind of spread, the, spread you know, that uh, that dragon jizz or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, the the Super Saiyan jizz, um, which again Raditz can't even do. So once again, Raditz sucks, but he's strong enough to take on Piccolo and Goku. And yeah, Piccolo comes. Is Raditz in... an incel? Would you say he's an incel? <laughs> I don't even think he cares. I think he's a. I think he's attracted to violence. Again. <laughs> oh wow. He's a, on, he's a sociopath. Huh? He's just attracted to like, or he yeah. gets off on hurting people. He gets off on hurting. He beats up his brother and kidnaps his nephew. This is this is not the way to go about convincing your brother to do what you want, especially when you literally only have one other. It's it, it's a very bad plan on Raditz's part. Yeah, I will say the one thing I liked about Raditz, he's got great head of hair. Like okay. his hair is the best in the series, it seems. He's he's got a good head for sure. I don't like it. His widow's peak is so long. If you if you shaved it, if you took it like his the shape of his head is like it's a giant oval. If you got rid of his hair, I don't know. I feel like he'd look like an alien. He, <laughs> he is true. also an alien though. He has a monkey tail, so that is true. Yeah, I guess I never thought about like imagine just having the big the biggest widow's peak 
in existence. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Goku and Piccolo, they decide to team up because, of course, Go- Piccolo, he doesn't want to see the world ending before he gets to do it himself. He wants to take over the world, even though he's done fuck all for five years. Well, he's been training to take over the world. He's not, he knows he can't beat Goku, so he's been training for five years. He's playing uh, the long listen, game. If you can't beat Goku after five years, just fucking give up. <laughs> yeah, find a new job. <laughs> he clearly hasn't, he hasn't been working, he hasn't like, he doesn't have any minions, he hasn't done anything. Uh, I love I love the character Piccolo eventually becomes, but I will say he did not use his five years very well. He, but what he did do is he came up with a new technique. So yeah, Goku and Piccolo they decide to have this cool alliance. Which, if you had watched original Dragon Ball, this would have come as a much bigger deal, of course. But even to me, like as a kid, I thought it was still cool because Piccolo is just a visually appealing character. He's this he's this <laughs> he's this green dude with a turban. He's got this cool weighted clothing, like this cloak. Uh, with these great shoulders. That's like a, that seems to be a, a, a trait of the of anime. Is just like I was wearing a hundred pounds this entire time, <laughs> and now I'm lighter and stronger. My, my sister got a weighted vest recently. Maybe I should try wearing that. But I'm, I'm worried it's just gonna fuck up my back. Yeah, I've had a few friends who who use weighted vests when they work out. I don't know if it works as well as it it's advertised but maybe i i'm not the most intense guy at the gym so no 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 uh but dominica man you you throw have, have you used any no i i struggle enough moving my own body around so i don't i don't need to be adding any weight to it <laughs> Do you, have, you, have you taken any any tips from dragon ball has dragon ball ever inspired your fitness journey it oh definitely did uh when i was like really into weightlifting like maybe seven eight years ago i remember being like inspired by goku it's like part of the reason i got the tattoo as well i was like i gotta live my life like goku and like you know do the best i can that that's the thing about goku he's he's all about fighting um but anyways yeah let's let's move on to the third episode the big confrontation with raditz and yeah piccolo and goku they're struggling even with taking off their weighted clothing but piccolo he has a he has a secret technique and this is where again one of the changes from kai from from the dub we watched this move in what we watched, Domenico, was called the special yeah. cannon. Yeah, that was my question too. What did he call that attack? Call it like Masang Masang Popo or something, which is like the Japanese name, which I don't like. Yeah, like, whose idea was that? That's a terrible idea. I, special beam cannon is way way goddamn cooler of a name. It's one of the most iconic attacks in the show, and they just changed the name on it. So yeah, I guess I guess in theory they're making it the original Japanese name, but I don't like that. I don't. I I think that's a bad change. Yeah, actually, didn't you say it? You, I remember you telling me this. You guys were going to call your podcast Special Beam Podcast, right? And then I realized Malcolm had no idea what that meant, which was my first hint that Malcolm had no idea what Dragon Ball Z was. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, why is it called Special Beam? Like, what are, are we doing what, Jack and the Beanstalk? Like, what the fuck's yeah, going special, on? Special Beam Cannon. Um, but we don't get that, no. Um, but yeah, so this is like Piccolo's big move, but unfortunately it requires a ton of energy to charge. And you know they try and they try and get it done. Uh, Goku he grabs Raditz's tail once again. The tail's obvious weakness. If if Goku when Raditz has his tail grabbed, he's instantly he's instantly weakened. Yeah, I didn't realize like which like again asked made me ask a lot of questions about Goku's potential. You know, old tail. Like, wouldn't that have we that should have weakened him if it was chopped off? No. Nope, or is it still there? Is like is it just like inside him? Like. No, it's just straight up gone. Um, it gets cut off when, during one of his great ape uh, mishaps. Uh, Master Roshi is actually, I think, the one who cuts off his tail. Yeah. But one thing I, I liked about this team up was that Goku and uh, Piccolo. Is it Piccolo? Yeah, it's Piccolo. Piccolo. Yeah. 
Yeah, is that like just before they have their fight, there's like this scene where they're like standing back to back to each other and they're like negotiating like this thing of like, okay, we'll team up, but like afterwards, then we'll fight again. <laughs> like, so, and like, I was like, okay, that's like a fun, fun compromise almost. And, and I also like how Piccolo goes out of his way to mention that he doesn't care about Goku's kid, which is some um, foreshadowing. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a couple weeks, but it, it's it's a it's a sign of things to come for Piccolo's uh, character arc. But yeah, that leads into the the final bit of the fight, which is yeah, Goku has to ultimately make the make the suicide move to to do this. Oh wait, even before that though, um, so yeah, Goku the the special beam cannon. I'm not calling it the Masenpo. Uh, it fails to connect, uh, so Piccolo only has one one more chance to do this move before he's drained of all his energy. And yeah, now Goku has to kind of grab Raditz. Um, but in the middle of all this, Gohan gets super upset and his power level immediately starts rising. Because that's the thing, like Raditz, even before the confrontation, Raditz is constantly looking at uh, Gohan in the pod and his power level is just like super, super high. It's like at like 700 or something. And yeah, and he keeps thinking it's like a, like a mishap. Like he's, he's having technical difficulties. And yeah, yeah, Gohan is able to burst through whatever protective ball he was in and like deal some actual damage but because he's four years old uh, his powers are not to be controlled they're all very emotion based but he definitely he definitely gives uh raditz a good, a good uh he, he takes the wind out of him for sure yeah he like cracks his armor mm-hmm. and then there was also the thing is it's like before all this it was established by goku that like i guess Gohan's mom doesn't want him to fight because there's no need to fight because the world's peaceful. So he has no fighting training, even though Goku would like to start uh, fight training his four-year-old. That was a fun moment. I liked how, like, when Bulma, Bulma back at Kame House was, like, asking Gohan, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he's like, oh, I want to be a scholar. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a, like, a a random answer, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, uh... (laughs) It's funny because Chi Chi actually starts off as a wild child, and her Chi Chi's father uh, is called the Ox King. And when we first meet these characters, they're like barbarians. But by the time Dragon Ball Z happens, they're completely domesticated. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll get to meet uh, Chi Chi and the Ox King uh, in the next couple episodes. Jack, when you were younger, did you hate Chi-Chi's? Because I just remember being a kid and, like, the fact that she didn't let Gohan fight or train or anything. And, like, she's always, like, preventing. He's, like, clearly almost, like, the most powerful one, as demonstrated by the fact he's, like, four and he's, like, stronger than everyone there. (laughs) And the fact that she doesn't let him fight always frustrated me as a child. I mean, let's face it. Chi-Chi isn't the most likable character. She's not a likable character, right? No, and yeah. also... Bulma, it sounds like she tricked Goku into marriage. She really did. Yeah. You know, I wonder if there's, like, fans, like, fans in, like, back in Japan who, like, were following Dragon Ball throughout the years who were who were really, like, dedicated to, like, shipping uh, Bulma and Goku. That's what I assumed, based on the flashback, that they would end up together. No, and I, I will straight up say, this is a hint, a, a hint that, you know, won't pay off for, for many, many episodes to come. Not, not a hint that pays off in the Saiyan saga, but I can safely say... Malcolm, you you will not guess who Bulma ends up uh, getting with. Okay, well, um, I I still don't hate this idea of just like a friendship between like Goku and Bulma too. Oh no, it's 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 yeah, who who Bulma falls for is like one of like the best twists in the series. I feel it's a pretty fun one, and it also like pays off pretty well overall in the series arc. Uh, although Bulma does mention her her on again off again boyfriend Yamcha, who uh, who will meet next week. Who <laughs> Yamcha just sucks, man. 
Uh, she made a reference to Launch, too. Yeah, Launch. She was like a very minor character in yeah. series in Dragon Ball Z. Um, I wonder if they're they, like I wonder if they're even gonna put her in the Saiyan saga and Kai. Well, I don't know because I haven't seen it, but I wouldn't be like I, she could be somebody that could just be cut out of the show entirely and it wouldn't she, matter. Yeah, she's a character that's like barely important even in original Dragon Ball. She's mostly just a background character for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Launch is this girl who like when she sneezes she turns into like. <laughs> um a wacky evil version who's like who's like a mercenary she's a fun character it's disappointing they never did much with her they don't even give her much much to do in dragon ball super despite uh them bringing back a lot of minor characters yeah she like sneezes and then her hair color changes from like blonde to blue or something and then she like goes around robbing banks and stuff yeah (laughs) it's a fun character and sadly we're not gonna see her i think Oh, uh, that's too bad. Especially, like, her name's Launch. Like, that's such I a random launch. word for a name. Dude, all these all these characters' names are puns. I mean, even names like Goku and, like, Gohan and Yamcha and Krillin are, like, puns that we just, you know, our, our American brains just don't understand. Like, uh, like, Bulma is named after, like, I think, not like, Bulma is named after some sort of undergarments, and, like, her father is named Dr. Briefs. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she has a son named Trunks and eventually a, a daughter named Bra. So, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of fun puns in the show. And, of course, you know, a, a little planet named Vegeta, which is similar to, to Vegetable, Raditz being Radish, um, and Kakarot being Carrot. And Nappa yeah. being like Nappa Cabbage. Yeah, there's there's so much of this stuff. I kept thinking about when, it, yeah, with Raditz, I was like, yeah, are you saying Radish? Like, it like felt like Radish or Rabbits? Like, it just, like... It was like, oh, that's such a, just slightly off. It's yeah. still no, like, Jade, uh, was it uh, JoJo, where they just, like, took band names and made them. I mean, I think, I think you can't beat JoJo, because JoJo just has band names and album names, which is instantly the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we have Piccolo, and Piccolo's uh, father, Demon King Piccolo, he had minions that were named Tambourine and Symbol. Let's kind of move to the big thing. Gohan, again, he's just crushed Raditz's armor. Raditz has taken, Raditz has the wind taken out of him. And Goku, he finally gets a hold of Raditz and is like, okay, man, I'm just taking you down with me. I always thought that hold was kind of weird because, like, Raditz is way stronger than him. Shouldn't he just be able to break out of it? He didn't, like, the first time around he grabbed his tail, obviously, so that, like, debilitated him. But I guess guess he's got probably a chest wound from... uh, He's a little injured. Yeah, Yeah. fair. Gohan with his, like, 1400 power level or whatever it is at that point. Yeah, because just, like, kind of like a backwards hug. Like, that's what it is. It's like he's just, like, holding him on. And yeah, I would assume it's partially of an injury. But then I, the one thing I didn't get is so yeah, like Piccolo, like he like uses his final charge, it hits Raditz, and it obviously it mortally wounds Goku. Um, I didn't understand why it mortally wounded him. Like it was like it went through. Obviously, it went through Raditz, but you'd think that like, that would have slowed any of the impact down. So and I guess that- it does because he doesn't die instantly. So this is actually a bit of censorship uh, because even though Dragon Ball Z Kai prides itself on having the, the better translation and everything. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai, when it was airing in Japan, aired in a more family-friendly time slot. So it actually has, it has more blood than the initial North American dub, but less blood than the initial Japanese airing. Uh, in the Japanese airing, Goku straight up has a hole through his chest. That explains a lot more. Because, yeah, this one, it looked like he just had a bruise. Yeah, it, it looks like a bruise. So, so, why is he... Struggling, like like it's like he he seemed to be in worst condition on the island when he got, first got hit. Yeah, 
but you know, he still he still took a special beam to a chest. And so yeah, we Raditz is dead, but we actually end this episode with the main character gone. That was shocking. I was like I was expecting you to show me like a, a more traditional version of Dragon Ball with Goku and the fact that Goku's dead at least right now. Well, is... there there's a little thing called the Dragon Ball. So that 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 is again why Piccolo does it. Cuz he's like, okay, well, you know, you have your one. Yeah. And then also as Piccolo was like is talking to Raditz at the end, it's that's when it's also revealed that he's been beaming up this conversation uh to his, you know, his pals up in space who are committing genocide and then they're in and they're like and he thinks they're going to come in and like wipe out the planet but they're instead more intrigued because uh piccolo for whatever reason decides to monologue about the dragon balls (laughs) yeah which i guess raditz had no idea existed no he just came in because he wanted to meet his dear brother and you know have a nice gathering and raditz sadly is a a sociopath and that was his idea (laughs) of what that is just a nice family reunion interrupted by the fact that the one brother wouldn't commit genocide with the other. <laughs> um, I love this reveal, though, the fact that, the sa- that he's been beaming this information to the two other Saiyans, and the fact that these characters, we're told, are far more powerful than Raditz. I remember as a kid just being shocked by that reveal, and it told me that, oh my god, this, okay, this is what the show is actually about. That was, it was surprising. Like, I, again, I didn't expect that kind of twist. It was the one thing where I was like, oh, he'll survive, and then we'll, like, get into the, you know, the crux of the story. But no, his son has to watch him die. Yeah, go, go. Oh, and, and just you wait to see what happens to Gohan, because uh, because sadly, uh, the only one left to take care of Gohan is Piccolo. So that's going to, that's something to look forward to in the coming weeks. So, yeah, like, I, I think we've kind of covered it. Any Any other thoughts on these three episodes, guys? I'm curious. I'm curious what comes next. They do set up that it's going to take the uh, Raditz's uh, pals aren't going to be there for a full year, so they've got a full year to prepare, <laughs> an, an entire year. So that's that's what we have to look forward to. Uh, a fun little training arc. Uh, Domenico, what was it like revisiting the show? Did it did it was it better? Was it worse? I was expecting it to be more like a more modernized animation of it. Like they basically took the original stuff and just made it look a little cleaner, huh? That that really is it. And you can definitely notice some pretty lousy shots. But then but then they then they add in like random splices of like this newly drawn Dragon Ball. Yeah, you, you have these bumpers uh in between and of course the intro is uh entirely new footage too. Oh I hated that intro by the way. But oh. that might just be because I like the old one for nostalgia purposes. But I remember I paused the show and pulled when we were while I was watching it and pulled up the old intro on YouTube just to uh, hear it and compare. Not, anyways, let's get to our, our favorite segment. Who was the uh, the Robert EO Speedwagon of these three episodes? Speedwagon! 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. I know there weren't a lot of side characters, so let's kind of let's let's turn this thing into more just like who's the MVP of these uh, of this three episode arc. Oh, that's interesting. Do you guys have uh, ideas? I've got a couple of ideas, but uh, I got. I, I mean, to... listen, my MVP is Piccolo. Piccolo to me as a kid was just very cool. He's got a cool design. I like the fact that you know he threatens to kill Goku and really he's like again he succeeds. 
he succeeds. He gets to kill his arch rival in this arc. I'm going to go as far as MVP, Gohan, because, like, they wouldn't have been able to defeat Raditz without Gohan. And, I mean, the two of them are adults, and they basically trained their whole life for fighting, and they relied on a four-year-old with no training to, like, save the day. So he's clearly the MVP in my book. That, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, my my MVP is Gohan, uh, for a lot of the same reasons. Also, I just love the idea that a four-year-old knows what a scholar is, and that's what he wants to grow up to be. Like, like I'm like, who exposed him to that? <laughs> that's Chi-Chi's doing. If you watch, you'll see later. I don't know if we'll see it in the Saiyan arc, but, like, she forces him to study all the time, and he wants to just, like, fight, but she won't let him. He wants him she wants him to become, like, a, a doctor or a scholar or something along those lines. Even yeah. after Gohan literally saves the entire world and uh, in, in an arc far, far later, he is still pushed on this path. Yeah, she's like, like your son is the strongest person in the universe. And she's like, nope, he's got to study. I do, I do kind of respect that. I do kind of like, hey, like some brains behind your strength. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Malcolm, what were your thoughts on watching this? Again, you're going to be watching this for three more weeks. How did you feel like getting into this? Before we this is... Up? I don't know. I I feel I'm very conflicted. There's a part of me that wants to fight the audience who likes this. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, like I thought this was this wasn't as like this wasn't like boring. Um, but like I'm curious about it going forward. Um, I still like I have no baseline for anything. So like obviously for this run, you two, I'm gonna be relying a lot on you two to give me mythology. Um, just as a viewing experience, I'm like, I, I'm a little confused as to why this is so popular. <laughs> Again, I think so it, far. It, it, it came at the right place at the right time. I really do. It, it came at a time where children's programming just wasn't that interesting. I mean, I know there was stuff like Batman, the animated series and, uh, X-Men, but again, like this, this show is just even in a censored form was just so much cooler and more mature. Yeah, and see, I don't have the nostalgia factor that you. But so I've I've looked, but but I'm but I'm here, but I'm here to to see like this whole podcast is about me uh, taking a look at these popular things that I have no idea about. So I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to like see what happens in the following weeks. I think the twist at the end of that last episode at least gives me hope of like, okay, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming ahead. That's for sure. And uh, I will give you one hint. That character that's introduced, the smaller character, Vegeta, uh, does for sure go on to be probably the breakout character of the series. Which one was that? Uh, he was the guy in blue, the short guy. Okay. The you're, I don't know if we're going to get a ton of Vegeta next week, but certainly v- Vegeta's character is very interesting and probably like one of the best arcs. In, in re- I mean, it's an arc that gets copied a lot in later shonen manga. That's the thing. This show, this show didn't really, I don't think it originated all the tropes in a lot of like manga and like anime, but I think it codified a lot of it. Certainly the concept of, you know, rivals turn best friends. Um, I mean, in, in pretty much every Dragon Ball arc, a rival or a villain becomes a good guy by the end. It's it's a pretty consistent pattern. So, so what are we watching next? <laughs> we're we're watching Dragon Ball Z Kai next. Uh, we're watching episodes four to eight, folks. Uh, so I hope you really enjoy these ones. There's some uh, really awesome characters that get introduced, and uh, one very problematic character <laughs> that Dominico and I were talking about today. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can't, oh, hey, listen. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. It, from what I've gathered, it's not an old school anime if there isn't one character 
that is cancelable. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Oh, Roshi, that was pretty spot on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roshi, Roshi's a bit gross, but this one that gets introduced is, uh, is something else. Anyways, listener, you can follow us on at IsThisAnimePod on Twitter and Insta. Uh, Domenico, as as the last time you came on, you do not want to be found. Please don't follow private, me. Yeah, we're a private citizen. Private citizen. Yeah, and if you want to, uh, you can listen to us on where you find podcasts: Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, Google, uh, Stitcher, wherever else you listen to this. Uh, like and support. Tell your friends all about this. And we're uh, going to be doing more Dragon Ball Z. So yippee! Yippee! editor's favorite sound clip of the episode like i've never met my brother and like i want to do genocide with him like i'd probably like take him over to lunch or something like look like sit down like let's talk you know just like punch him in the stomach and then tell him he's an alien